in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, really good to see all of you here. You're Arctic travelers. You've got all your sweaters and winter coats. Excellent. You might want to take a couple layers off, okay, just because you're inside. It's going to be warm. Don't want you to fall asleep either. You know, we can't live without hope. Do you know that? It just doesn't work. It says that humans can live 40 days without food. Now, I've never tried that. After about four hours, I'm, hey, what are we eating, right? It's my wife's favorite question. But I'm, you know, that's about all the further. But apparently, you can go 40 days. I've never done that. Uh, You apparently can go three days without water. You can go about eight minutes without air. But I want you to know it is really very difficult to live without hope. Hope is really kind of an essential part of life. And there are people that have actually studied hope. Uh, neuroscientist Tali Sharat, uh, she argues that hope is essential for life and for where, that our brains are actually even hardwired to be oriented toward hope. That is what her studies have found. In fact, the difference between living a healthier life and a despondent life can actually be identified by the level of hope in a person's life. Listen to some of these studies. Studies have found that if you are a college kid, if you are hopeful, you are far more likely to get much better grades and to graduate. If you are an athlete, hopeful athletes perform far better on the field, they cope better with their injuries, and they make the mental adjustments better to the circumstances they face. It's all based on hope. One study of the elderly found this, that elderly people who do not have hope are twice as likely to die than those who have hope. It's rather interesting. Dr. Shane Lopez is considered the foremost authority and researcher on hope, and he has stated this, that hope isn't just an emotion, but hope is an essential tool for life. And I think we kind of like intrinsically, like we know that, like hope is really important, but we are kind of like beat down in this world. There are all these issues and matters and problems that drain us of hope. Let me just give you what the the major ones are. It's, It's universal. But these are the big drains. No matter where you might live, adults in the world find job insecurity, health uncertainty, financial distresses, future fears, relational issues, and just the general problems of life seem to just deplete and drain them of joy. And we all have these same issues. And when we talk about daily drama, I mean, whether it's your pet has a problem, your refrigerator's gone out, your car's not working, I mean, there's just always issues that seem to be creeping up that bring about significant lack of hope in our lives. But then you couple that with all of the difficulties, challenges that are going on in our world, like a pandemic that's been going on for about two years, there are so many people right now that are reeling from a loss of hope and have really no perspective on how to get how to move forward and they keep keep digesting more and more bad news and it's like whoa when does this end and what are the effects and look how this is 
affecting and influencing my life or my family. Let me give you three countries that are stirring a lot of insecurity in our world. Russia, China, and Iran. Their movements and their activities right now are unsettling for many people in the world. Some are very unpredictable. And seeing a a weak United States not performing well, I mean, that leads to a lot of insecurity for folks, a lot of fear. And then, of course, you can have the fluctuations in a stock market. Those are things that are kind of going outside in the world, but then there's matters that are going on inside us. Like the deep disappointments in our life, the people that have really hurt us, and then, of course, what we've done. There are issues and matters in our own life that I can't believe that I did this or I said this. The, the repercussions of my behavior are so severe, and it leads you to a place of despair and despondency and a lack of hope. And yet, in the midst of the backdrop of hopelessness comes the gospel, Jesus Christ, the hope of the world, the one who, according to like 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, is the one who gives us a living hope. We are born again to a living hope. The glory of the gospel is that hope is found in Christ. And we're like, yes, okay, so I need Jesus. And here is kind of the conundrum that many people, many Christians find themselves in. Okay, certainly my life, apart from Jesus, was hopeless. It was a train wreck. It was spiritual death. I get it. I've placed my faith in Christ. I love him. I'm I'm trusting in him. But you know what, Grant? I'm really struggling with a lack of hope. In fact, it's overwhelming. How is it that Jesus brings real hope to the world? I want to know this. I want to experience this. And maybe that's what has brought you here this morning. Or perhaps you hadn't thought about it, but now that we've raised the subject, you're like, whoa, that is like probably one of the, if not the foremost issue in my life. You know, I noticed there was a, a, a gift up here. Um, new year, new gift. Okay. Is there like any kids that might just be interested in a gift? I was just, okay, I'm, I'm looking. I got to see a hand. Uh, what's going on here? Hey, so can you guys share? No, you can't. You you could share. Okay, why don't you come up here? Okay. All right. This is all about sharing. Okay. All right. So you know how this works, don't you? Like, if you get a gift, what you do, right? Can you guys, this is going to be great. Can you open this up? Okay. You know what to do, right? Oh, what is it? It's a drone. Whoa, it's a drone. You're right. This is, oh, okay. Do you know how this works? A drone, that's pretty cool, huh? That's exactly right. Well, why don't we open this up then? Okay, so let's, here we go. 
You guys want to help me here? Okay, let's do this here. Okay, all right. Uh, here's okay. Here's okay. Here's the drone. We need a. We need a. Oh, what is that? This is the, remote the remote control. Is that important? Yeah. Okay. Oh, it is important. Okay, hold on here a second. I'll tell you what. So I think you got it right. Um, tell me your kids' names. Abigail and David. So, David, you told me you have to charge it up? So, you can see that charger? You yeah. Charger up to a wall. Okay. And then, so, if you charge it, it will work, and you have to put battery in the remote control. Okay. And so, you turn it on, and then it comes back. Whoa! Okay, I'll tell you what. Well, then, why don't we do this? Listen, I'm going to charge it up. I've got a few things I just wanted to share with the church about how to live in hope. And then, like... After I'm done, like, let's see what's going to happen with this, okay? So here, you guys, you want to help me pick up the paper in the box? You can take this with you. You got the remote? Okay, I'm going to check with you. You got to grab that. You got a piece right there. Whoa, look at all these things. I'll tell you what, I'm going to, I'm going to charge it up. Okay, I'm glad you kids know how to share. You got it in your hand there, Abigail? Okay, I'll, I'll charge it up here. And oh, here's some more important things you don't want to, don't forget that. I'll put it right there in the box there for you. Okay, well, you hold on to that because we might need that a little bit later. And I'm going to go charge it up. We've got an outlet right over here. Oh, you know what? I, I think there's batteries already in there for you. So you can go back. Oh, look at that. There are. So you can go sit with mom and your grandmother, and I'll tell you what. I'll call you back up here in a few minutes, okay? That sounds good, all right? So, you know... I've been thinking about this hope. Living with hope is kind of like uh, receiving a drone and having it fly. You know, the Christian life is receiving Christ, right? But then you also have to know, like, how the Christian life works. And I want you to know, if you want to live in the hope that is found in Christ, there is one verse that will be a game changer for you. For those of you who have discovered Romans chapter 15, verse 13, why this has completely influenced your life. In fact, it explains a lot of your behavior. But for those who are like, you know, I'm not totally familiar with that verse, I want you to know that this verse will teach us how to live in the hope that we have in Christ. And it'll make 2022 a fabulous year. Let's take a look at it. How does Jesus bring real hope to the world? Take a look, Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So this verse, first of all, tells us the source of hope. And the source of hope is God. Did you see that? Now may the God of hope. And here's the problem. Most people are trying to find their hope in anyone or anything but God. We try to find our hope in our, in our finances, job security, who we know, what we know, where we've been, the awards we've got, uh, even our potential. But I want you to know that if you are not going to God and you don't have a relationship with God, it explains why you are hopeless because he's the God of hope. And the source of hope is God. He is the creator. He is the author of our faith. 
And he is the one who sustains, develops, and renews hope. So if you really want to live with hope and live in hope, what do you need? You need God. Now may the God of hope. The source of hope is God, but let me show you the signs of hope. You find that also in verse 13. It says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope. Here are the two signs of hope. When you are experiencing, knowing, and trusting in God and the hope that he provides, when you have joy and peace, this is what God brings by virtue of relationship with him. He brings joy and peace. We've heard of joy. Uh, Joy is this confidence and even inner exaltation that comes when we are trusting God. It's actually different than happiness, right? See, happiness is based on circumstances. So, David and Abigail are pretty happy right now. Why? Because they just got a drone, right? It's pretty cool. Happy things happen, they are happy. And we, we get that. But joy, though, is different. Joy, as the Bible presents it, is actually not tied to circumstances, but actually tied to covenant relationship that we have with God. God is the one who gives joy. God is stable, unchanging. He is the one who actually can create joy even in the midst of difficulty. Just a couple days ago, I was talking with a lady in our church whose mother recently went on to be with the Lord. And when I was talking with her, she told me that for her and her dad, who are believers, they actually have a lot of joy that she attributed that God has given. In fact, she talked about different ways they've had joy, maybe even unlike they had even when mom was alive and struggling with the issues that she had. I want you to know that's only something that God can do to bring joy even in the midst of difficulty. And that's what he does. The purpose of joy is so that we experience the blessings of relationship with Christ. So the signs of hope are joy, but also peace, tranquility, that confidence and stability that comes to our soul, knowing that we are in God's hands, he brings peace. It is a supernatural peace, like it says in Philippians 4. It is the peace that surpasses all comprehension. And so, if you and I are going to live in this hope, the hope that God provides, we have to learn to focus on Him, to not dwell so much on the past. The pain of our past is a great just robber of hope. It just steals it away nor to be focused just on the problems of the present. Yes, we're aware of them. We've got a plan. We're doing the best we can with them. But we're not fixated on them, but rather to engage actively our minds, our hearts, on God, who is the God of possibilities and the God who has made promises to us in the future. And this is how we live in hope. Notice what this text says. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in 
believing. That's the key. We keep believing in Jesus. We keep focusing on him, and he brings hope. And when we do that, notice what he says, joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope, so that we will be just kind of like overwhelmed with hope, that hope keeps surfacing in our life, featuring in our thoughts. It's hope that comes from him. Now, when I use the word hope, that confident expectation, that's different than how oftentimes we use hope just in our common day vernacular. Like if we use hope, it's almost kind of like wishful thinking. Like, I really hope it snows this winter. Well, maybe not. Like after the snowmageddon last year, really don't want that. I think I've had all the snow that I need, at least here in Texas, right? Right? But we, we say things like that. Here's one. Here's a really good example of, of hope, of wishful thinking. I really hope the Dallas Cowboys win a playoff game, right? I mean, yes, friends, get, get ready. We're, we're in for a huge setup. You know, those commentators, I think this could be the year the Cowboys go to the Super Bowl, right? You know, we got a long history of like, just what happened, right? But it's wishful thinking. I hope the Cowboys show up, right? You just never know what's going to happen on any given Sunday, right? But that's wishful thinking. But that's not how the Bible uses hope. The Bible uses hope is something that is certain, but may not be fully realized. It's rooted in relationship, the covenant relationship that we have with God. And when we have hope, the signs of hope are joy and peace. But you and I are going to be miserable if we are not humble, teachable, and grateful. You might want to write these, those three words down. I've been thinking a lot about them. Humble, teachable, and thankful or grateful. Because if you don't have those qualities, if you're not approaching life with humility, with the idea like, God, what are you teaching me? And that you are thankful for what you do have, then what happens is you've got misery And the reason that you can't be humble, teachable, and thankful is because pride is the driving force in your life. That pride of self-centeredness, that pride of self-assertion, I want what I want, it's all about me, it's this self-centeredness. When you approach life with humility, teachability, and gratitude, it makes hope a real possibility. Because you're now approaching life looking to God to provide joy and peace. And so what we want to do is learn to focus on him with humility, gratitude, um, actually being very teachable, but to actively trust him, not just focusing on our circumstances. They're, They're loud enough, right? But to focus on him who's above those. And that means that God can give us hope, joy, and peace, even in great difficulty. There's a woman by the name of Kara Tippetts, an author, mother of four, um, her and four kids, her husband, John. Kara Tippetts went home to be with Jesus on March 22nd, 2015, after a long battle with breast cancer. And as the cancer spread through her body, she approached this part of the journey of her life with great courage 
she really came to the conclusion that this really isn't about the cancer. The whole point of this is Jesus. And she went through this impossible ordeal and not knowing how to respond to her sickness, trusting God, but actually inviting her entire community to trust God with her. There is a book that in 2014, before she passed away, that David Cook published. It's called The Hardest Peace. For Kara Tippett, she refused to be defined by cancer. She considered every moment a gift and an opportunity to learn more about the grace and about trusting God. She saw that suffering wasn't the absence of beauty, but rather an opportunity to understand God's love at a deeper level. And this is what Kira wrote. My little body has grown tired of the battle, and treatment is no longer helping. But what I see, what I know, what I have is Jesus. He has still given me breath, and with it I pray I would live well and fade well, by degrees doing both, living and dying, as I have moments left to live. I get to draw my people close, kiss them, and tenderly speak love over their lives. I get to pray into eternity my hopes and fears for the moments of my loves. I get to laugh and cry and wonder over heaven. And listen to this. I do not feel like I have the courage for this journey, but I have Jesus, and he will provide. He has given me so much to be grateful for, and that gratitude, that wondering over his love, you just love that phrase, that wondering over his love, will cover us all, and it will carry us, carry us in ways we cannot comprehend. Friends, we need to believe in the realities that belong to us because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. And so as we begin this year, this new year, I want to do just that, to have you and I just be overwhelmed as we consider, like Kara says, the wonders over his love, to grow in the greatness of his grace, like Paul speaks of in Ephesians, to be washed with the pure water of his word. I mean, think of God's provisions in your life how he's provided for you physically, emotionally, relationally, specifically spiritually. Respond with gratitude, humility, teachability. Let me just give you the words of God. Like Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Listen to this amazing provision. Hebrews 10, 22, let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with Pure water. Think of the implications of that. Full assurance of faith, 
hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and even our bodies washed with pure water. What amazing grace. Or 1 John 4.19, we love because He first loved us. Or think of the promises that God has given us. Let me give you a couple. Like Romans chapter 8, verses 28 and 29, you know. And we know that God causes all things to work together for His good, right? To those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. And what is that good? For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of of the Son of God. That's what God is doing. He's conforming us to the image of Jesus. He's doing so through the trials of life as he supplies hope, joy, peace. Think of the power that God is giving you. Like, remember that prayer that we just prayed through this morning in Ephesians 1, verses 18 and 19? I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, so that you will know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of His power toward us who believe. Or think of even God's presence and His peace that He provides. Like Hebrews 13, verse 5, it says, Make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have. Why? For he himself said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. My friends, these are the tremendous promises that are from God, that God gives us. And when we are focused on God, when we are looking to him as our hope, He gives us joy and peace. So the source of our hope is God. The signs of our hope, you know that you are living in God's hope. How do you know? When you see joy and peace surfacing in your life. And the strength of our hope is the Holy Spirit. Notice how this text ends. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God is the one who is the strength in our hope. And we have to continually go back to Him for strength. Our lives need to be recharged. But here is the beauty of the gospel. When you and I have placed our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, like it says in Colossians like one twenty seven, it is Christ in you, the hope of of glory. Literally, the presence of Christ himself, his Holy Spirit, lives in your life. That is what makes you a Christian. And so we keep coming back to him to strengthen us, to fill us with his presence, to know his power, to know his strength. And that is what God has created in the gospel. We who were once lost in our sin, we were wayward, reckless, Um, Some of us were just downright evil in some of our behavior, angry, tearing up relationships, super self-centered, pride, greed, lustful, immoral. 
God washed us with the blood of Christ, gave us himself, put his spirit in our life, fills us with hope so that you and I will be known as a people of hope. That distinguishes us from the rest of the world. We have actual hope. Why? We have God. We have Christ himself living within us. And you know what this world really needs? Hope. Who has it? God and those who are trusting in him. Friends, this is our mission, to go and share the hope of Christ, to make disciples of all the nations. And so we must learn this pattern of keep coming back to him, for him to strengthen us. You know, we're going to go through difficulties. Some of us are in them right now. I don't know the answers. Some of the issues that I'm facing in my life, I don't know how they're going to work out. I really would like to. But you know what? That's just not how God's working these things at this present time. You know what he's calling me to do? To trust him, to find my hope, not in my favorable circumstances, but in my faithful God. And you might be in situations like that. And for those of you who are like, you know what? I, right now I think things are great. There's really actually no guarantee that you don't go through seasons of challenge and hardship because that is part of living in a fallen world is going through seasons of great difficulty. And it's in those times we find out just how much or if our hope is really in God. Because if your hope is not in God, you unravel, right? But if your hope is in Him, He's growing, developing, maturing, seasoning, strengthening you. He does it through His Spirit. Chuck Swindoll gave us this quote, Words can never adequately convey the incredible impact of our attitude toward life. The longer I live, the more convinced I become that life is 10% what happens to us and 90% how we respond to it. Friends, Christ is our hope. What is God calling you to do this year? You see, when we have hope, we can actually move forward we can take the next hill. What is it that God has placed in your heart calling you to do? Maybe next steps like pursuing growth in your education or leading your company or your department to hit some goal. Maybe you're supposed to write a book or write a song. What sort of investments do you need to be making in your family this year so things will be better, significantly better than perhaps the years past? What is God calling you in terms of ministry? What is he inviting you to do? Maybe it's even like just inviting you to be regularly a part of the church body and experiencing the joy of being with his people and encouraging his people. What is God calling you to do in terms of next steps, like in terms of giving? Is God blessing your life, and are you learning to trust him with your finances? And is, perhaps there's a generous, great goal out there. God is the God of hope, the God of possibilities. He wants us thriving and moving forward. And Romans 15, 13 tells us how he does just that. How can you and I really live with hope? The hope of Christ in 2022? This verse. God fills us with his hope when we focus on Christ. So friends, we need to regularly just come back to him. 
to find ourselves being recharged, I'll tell you, let me some of, some of the common ways this happens in Christians' lives. Like finding time just to worship God in song. Like when you're driving down the road, you're likely going to be listening to something, right? Why not it be something that engages your heart and your soul and fixes and focuses you on Jesus? Um, finding relationships that actually encourage you in your faith. Real fellowship, maybe even discipleship, where it's challenging you and causing you to grow, but that you're being encouraged and growing and developing. One of the great ways of finding yourself being refilled and recharged is being in God's Word, maybe even journaling your thoughts or your prayers. Um, Being involved in listening to the stories of how God is at work in people's lives. Coming together for worship services fills us with hope. Genuine fellowship is more than just talking about the game, although there's a lot to talk about after last night, right? But genuine fellowship also is encouraging one another in our faith in God. And friends, like it says in Romans 15 verse 4, like we saw last week, if we're going to be a people of hope, God says, you've got to be a person of the book. Romans 15, 4 says, For whatever is written in our earlier times was written for our instruction so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the Scriptures, you might have hope. Perseverance, the ability to keep moving forward. No matter what this life throws at you, how many times you've been knocked down, God's Spirit picks us up Whether we've tripped, whether we've sinned, whatever has caused us to be down, God picks us up so that we can persevere, and He encourages us with His Word. It's by divine design. It's how the spiritual life works. It's why we are a people of the book. And friends, when we are moving forward in life like this, when we're living in His hope, you know what happens? We become givers of this hope, and that's what this world needs especially in light of all that we've been through this last two years, this world needs to see and experience hope. Who has hope? God. And God is putting and living hope through his people. And if we will take this one verse to heart, friends, we will be actively involved in what God is doing in our community and in our world. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like that drone. So kids, David and Amanda, you guys got that remote control? Come on up here. All right. I'll get our drone. Let's see if it's charged up here. Okay. All right. So do you think we should fly this in the church? We're indoors. Let's give it a shot, okay? So what do we need to do? We've charged it up. So we need to turn the okay. drone on if it works. Okay. Oh. Yeah, we do need to turn so the drone on. we need to turn on this. Okay, you turn it on. Whoa, it's beeping. Wow, okay. And then we need to turn the drone on. So can you turn that on for us? Awesome. Okay, well, here it goes. We'll see what happens, huh? It's flashing. So we need to sync the drone, huh? Should we have, like, Helmets on or something like that? Yeah. Why don't you get stand back here? I don't. Okay, Cameron warned me about what not to do. And I, let me see. What was this? Okay, we have to sync it, right? Okay. Oh, is it the 
whoa. We charged it up, and look how it's flying, huh? Whoa. Hey, you know what? We can really fly high because what? We've got a drone, right? We've, we've, we charged it up, and you know what? I want you guys to share, right? And I want you guys to learn how to fly this drone really well, okay? So I'm going to give that to you. And uh, you probably turn that off. I don't know if you should be flying it around in church like right after church in the foyer. Just saying, you never know what might happen here. But I want you to get really good at flying this drone, all right? And you guys, off to a great new year. And as they're making their way back, I want you to know, friends, I want you flying high this year as well. Not necessarily having a drone, although you might get one after seeing how cool that is. But I want you filled with his hope, living in his hope. And just like Paul prayed in Romans 15, verse 13, friends, I want you to know that's my prayer for you and for me this year, that we are living in his hope. See, God fills us with hope when we focus on Christ. And when you leave today, there is a bookmark, or you can put this wherever you want, just as a reminder a reminder of this verse and a reminder of this truth that God fills us with hope when we focus on Christ. Think of what a great year this is going to be as we find our hope in God, in our relationships, at our schools, in our jobs, in our church, in our community. So let's bow our heads and let me pray.